welcome to a, another episode of the Desert Shift Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Beardsley, alongside your fellow host, Tyler Cass. This is episode two of our off-season predictions. We'll be covering the Central Division. I'm going to skip over talking about Day of Tyler because, you know, it's the same day we're recording this, all four episodes in a row. So we're going to go straight into it. And we're going to jump into the Arizona Coyotes. They have $28 million projected cap space. Their general manager is Bill Armstrong. You look down and they have draft picks galore. Holy crap. They have only one second round pick at this year. Only one. But then they go to three. And then they go to four. Um, And they have two first round picks this year. Multiple third round picks. Let's go into their... uh, free agents and some interesting ones here. Kristen Fisher, Matias Michelli, Jack McBain, and Brett Ritchie all need new contracts in the forward position. Defense-wise, Connor Mackey uh, needs a new contract. You keep scrolling down. Uh, they are buying out Patrick Nemeth and Zach Cassian. Not big penalties there. You look into the Tucson uh, team, and the only big ones that stand out to me Obviously, Jan Yannick uh, needs a contract. Boki Yamana, he's a uh, legend around the the uh, desert. And Ivan Prostatov needs a new contract. So, Tyler, what do you think the Coyotes resign? Yeah, I think everyone's back except maybe uh, Brett Ritchie. I think the main the main guy right here is getting Matthias Michelli locked up long term. I think he gets a bridge deal probably at like three years dead like four or five million. I definitely think McBain is a second on that because I see McBain as a really, really solid third line center for uh, and a big part of this core for a long time to come. And then, you know, Fisher, um, he's actually still young, but he's such an important guy in that locker room, such a great leader. Um, and I think um, a lot of Coyotes fans agree that Christian Fisher is a great guy. Um, doesn't score a ton, but, you know, he's the guy that's easy to root for. And I really like Christian Fisher. Um, Richie, I think, you know, he's getting – into his 30s i think um i don't know if he wants to stick around coyotes long term just because he's probably not gonna have a huge role probably not gonna win anything anytime soon there um mackie i think mackie actually comes back because i think he's a guy who could compete for a spot in the starting lineup i think he could get a lot of nhl playing time this year um and i thought he was solid in the times he played last year so i think he's definitely back and the the biggest the biggest uh, name on here, Boko Imama. He's he's coming. He's back. Boko Imama. He's taking over for for Cassie and him and Big Tuna on that fourth line is going to be a force there. And then we actually have the other guys. Jan Jenik, I like. I think he gets a shot in the NHL. Nathan Smith. Um, I think he gets a shot in the uh in the NHL. Former uh, really really good prospect there. And then the the goalie side. I think this is uh Prospectov's kind of last chance. I think he gets a one year deal. Um, I think if he lights it up in Tucson, then he gets a, a chance again um, in the NHL at the end of the next year. But if he doesn't really have a great year, um, then I think this is kind of his last chance to kind of prove himself. Yeah, I think uh, Fisher comes back. I think he gets a bridge deal. I think Michelli comes back on a four or five year contract. McBain, probably two, three years. And I don't think Richie comes back going down. Mackey, I think, gets re-signed. I thought he played well there when he got traded. Um, I think Boki Umana comes back. Eight-year, $14 million contract. He's going to be the highest player in the league. All jokes aside, I think he's going to come back along with Yannick. And I do think Smith gets a one-year deal as well. Um, other than that, I can't really see anyone else getting a contract. Prostov, I think, also gets a contract, but I think he gets a one-year contract. Nothing too insane. Any other thoughts on the Coyotes? No, not really. Um, I think that this is – I think this is going to be a bigger offseason than people think for the Coyotes, but I'll, I'll talk about that that later. But um, internally, I, I don't think that they let anybody go except for Brett Ritchie. We move on to Kyle Davidson's Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they have two first-round picks this year, and they have they will have two first-round picks for the next couple of years, thanks to Tampa and Toronto. Um, you move down to their free agents. You have a couple of them. Uh, Nick Falingo, who they just traded for. 
uh, Jonathan Taze, Jujar Kara, Austin Wagner, Philip Kershev, and Anders Bjork all need contracts. Caleb Jones on the blue line and Andreas England needs a new contract. Uh, Alex Stalock, who actually played pretty decent uh, goaltending-wise, needs a new contract. You keep going down. They have a couple buyouts here, like Brett Conley, Henrik Borgstrom, and Duncan Keith. The recapture penalty on that is still active. Going through the Rockford roster, no one really important here except uh, if you really want to throw uh, Anton Hudobin in there. He needs a contract. But other than that, Tyler, what do you think of Chicago? Yeah, I I don't see a lot of the UFAs coming back. Obviously, Taze is they're moving on from Foligno. I don't think that they they signed him. Um, I think Dujar Kyra comes back. Um, RFA side, I think a lot of these guys get contracts. Um, my former college partner Austin Wagner, um, <laughs> big big Austin Wagner guy here, um, best best breakaway player. Him and him and uh. Andreas Athanasiu together, Ooh, that's, that's deadly right there. No one's stopping them on the breakaway. But uh, hopefully Wags gets a new contract. I was rooting for him. And uh, Kirishov actually had a – I thought him, he had a really good season. And Andres Bjork when he came over at the deadline, I thought he was solid. Defensive side, I think Caleb Jones comes back. Just uh, him and his brother, you know, holding down that D there. <laughs> Jesus um, and then goalie, stay luck. I don't think he comes back just because – you know, Chicago has some some really solid goalies in that system of Soderblom and Jackson Starbrook. I, I really like both of them. So I think that towards the end of the year, I think both of those guys are are their uh, their their tandem right there with Morazic potentially getting traded or them just burying him. But um, I think that the biggest thing for Chicago is just making sure that. Uh, you know, they get the, the young players a chance to play, um, especially because uh, they have so many draft picks and that you don't really want to clog up, uh, you know, your, your roster with guys who are going to take away from giving these young guys a chance to play. Yeah, I think a lot of their RFAs come back. I think Bjorn Kershev and Wagner are all back. I think uh, Kara is back. I don't think Nick Bolino or John Tate's returns. Caleb Jones, I thought he played well in Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. Staylock is an interesting one because he did actually play really well in Chicago, and you wonder if uh, he returns. I could see him going and getting a backup position somewhere else because now he's kind of proven himself that he's returned from that injury that he had. Obviously, he had one – atrocious game last season uh the 2020 uh one 2022 season with san jose that was not the best game for him but he's kind of returned to form uh so you wonder what he does i i don't think he returns because i think chicago has something else cooking i don't think kudobin returns uh because obviously uh it was on a massive contract and was buried basically into the rockford system other than that, um, yeah, Jonathan Taze isn't returning, obviously. He's kind of announced that they have their own little celebration, the last game of the season, United Center. So I think, uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it. Not a lot of stuff really internally uh, for Chicago, besides obviously Connor Bedard is going to be a Blackhawk soon. But beyond that, anything else for Chicago, Tyler? Yeah, I don't know if we, we mentioned uh, Joey Anderson got a, a new contract to a few weeks ago, also a big, big Joe Anderson guy, you know, always enjoyed the, seeing the Anderson family succeed. So uh, hopefully Joey, who uh, was pretty solid after he came over from Toronto last year, hopefully he could uh, get into a, a decent amount of games with Chicago. You know, we get some nice um, Anderson battles in those Kings Blackhawks games. Chris McFarland's team is up next, the Colorado Avalanche, $8 million in cap space. Uh, they do have their own first round pick this year, but nothing really after that. Uh, let's go down their uh, their roster here. You have uh, Andrew Cogliano needing a new extension, along with Dan Smogin, Andrew Cogliano, Alex Newhook, JT Comfer, Lars Eller, Darren Helm, Matt Nieto, and Evan Rodriguez going in the blue line, Bowen Byron, 
Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson on the contracts. Uh, you go even further down. Not really a lot that really screams out in the Colorado Eagles system. Ryan Merkley, a former first overall pick. Uh, Sampo Ranta, I know he was a highly touted prospect at the time. And along with Ben Myers, who was a, a good college signing, bit, kind of big news college signing when he signed with the Avs a couple years back. Um, beyond that, Keith Kincaid also needs a new contract. What a legend, uh, the emoji master himself. But anything that you see here, Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a little uh, deceiving their their cap space because once you factor in Landis Cog's um, LTIR for the whole season, they actually have um, fifteen and a half million in, in cap space, and I I think that a lot of that is going to go towards um, you know external free agents. You know the only guys that I can see potentially being back are um, maybe uh, Matt Nieto, maybe Evan Rodriguez, and you know potentially Cogliano. I think that Comper is is moving on. I don't think the Avalanche are going to pay him once he wants. Um, I don't think Eller was the greatest um, in Colorado. I think he's going to move on. So I could see some of the depth guys coming back for cheap, but I could also see them wanting to get, um, you know, playing time on uh, another team. But at the same time, Colorado is a good team. You know, they have the chance to win there. And, you know, maybe – Maybe some of these guys think that Colorado has their chance to win a cup or another cup, so they come back. Um, New Hawk will be back. He'll get a new contract. Mongan actually had a really good season, underrated player. I think he's back. And then Byram's obviously going to get a – I think it's a good deal. He'll be back. Um, the two Johnsons, I don't think either of them come back, especially Eric Johnson. I think he's pretty, pretty much confirmed that he's going to be gone. I think uh, the big one here is Bone Byram. I think he gets a decent-sized contract. Uh, when he comes in, uh, I think Alex Newhook comes back. I think JT Comfort are going to try to resign him. Uh, I think Cogliano does come back. I think Helm comes back. I don't think Nieto returns. I think this his second stint in Ab country was his last. I think Rodriguez leaves. I don't think he was the best there. Um, I don't think Eller returns uh, going down. I don't see Eric Johnson returning, but I can see Jack Johnson returning on a minor league contract or, you know, even retiring. He's obviously reaching his late thirties. I could see him retiring and becoming some sort of uh, office manager uh, somewhere in the front office where the abs uh, kind of like how Jason Spezza with the Maple Leafs did that. I can a hundred percent Jack Johnson kind of, be something like that and retire because I don't know. I felt like maybe this was his last run. It's going to be interesting if they keep Ryan Merkley. I think that's someone you watch out for because I really do think there's untapped potential still there. He's only 22. Um, he's a restricted free agent. So I wonder what they do with him. I think he very well could be a, at least bottom six uh, or Sorry, bottom two pairing defensemen uh, on a decent team. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, not a lot of um, players are going to come back on the abs because I really do think they're going to try to bolster up again. Obviously, the Ryan Johansson uh, deal kind of showed that. But, again, some big ones, Cogliano, Newhook, uh, Byram, and um, also, uh, where was he? And also uh, Helm also all come back, I think. And I could see Jack Johnson retiring as an avalanche because I really do think they like him. I think they like having him. I think it's going to develop into a front office role. Anything else on the abs, Tyler? No, but uh, I, I think that they're going to look externally, um, whether that be trader for agents for, uh, to spend their money this offseason. Jim Neal's Dallas Stars are up next. $7 million in projected cap space, closer to $7 million at least. They only have a second-round pick this year uh, in the top three rounds. You go down. Uh, here are some players that need to be resigned. Ty Delandria, Evgeny Dadanov, Max Domi, Luke Glendening, uh, playoff hero Yol Kiviranta. Uh, you also have Joel Hanley. Uh, and then you scroll all the way down to the Texas Stars roster. Not a lot of big name players. Scott Reedy, they just acquired during trade with the Sharks. Uh, 
Uh, Tanner Kuro was a name at a point in time, along with Nicholas Camano. Uh, going through their blue line, Will Butcher, you remember him. Um, and beyond that, not a lot of players here that are going to cost the cap. But Tyler, your thoughts on Dallas? Yeah, I definitely think that they gave Delandria um, uh, not a huge deal, but I think that he played really well in the playoffs and he's going to get himself a solid payday more than he would have got without that playoff performance. The UFAs, you know, looking at this group, I don't, I don't see a ton of guys that I think come back. The only guys maybe Dadanov and Glenn Denning, but I think Domi's on his way out. I think Kivy Rock is going to look for a fresh start somewhere, especially after getting scratched a lot in the playoffs. Same with Joe Hanley. I think he's a guy that's going to look for a place where he could actually play every day. I don't think Dallas is that place. So I think that um, they don't have a ton of guys, but the only guy who I could see coming back definitely is is Delandry, and that's because he's an RFA. Um, the, the UFA side, of them, I'm really 50-50 on a lot of these guys, and I, I'm pretty confident that Domi and Kiviranta will not be on Dallas next year. I agree with you on Kiviranta. I think he uh, kind of wore out his time with Dallas, especially when they hired Pete DeBoer. I don't think Max Domi returns. I know he wants to stay there. He said that publicly, and it's kind of it's kind of – a feel sorry story for him because he's bounced around a lot and he I feel like he's fit in decently well with uh, quite a bit of those stops but someone who did fit in really well was of getting that knob I think they do try to re-sign him I don't think he gets a massive contract though I think Delandria does get an extension um going down to the defense I think I agree with you on Hanley especially at the the emergence of Thomas Harley I think uh I just don't think there's a place for him here other than that, not a lot here. I do think uh, Scott Reedy comes back on a one-year, two-way deal. Other than that, no one really notable to talk about. Anything else about the Lone Star State team? Um, no. Um, I think that Dallas has stuff that they need to address, and I don't know if they have the cap space to address that stuff with only about $7 million. But I think that um, they're going to take care of the guys they need to take care of um, and who they want back. Where I think uh, it's going to be a pretty quiet offseason for uh, for the Stars. Speaking of cap space, the Minnesota Wild, Bill Guerin's team, obviously still suffering under the buyouts of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. Uh, first rounders, they have it this year, along with their two second round picks. Uh, you go down their RFA and UFA, you have Brendan Doomy. Uh, you also have Mason Shaw, Sam Steele, Goose Nyquist, and also Ryan Reeves and Oscar Sunquist, all needing extensions or contracts. On defense, Kalen Addison, Matt Dumba, and John Klingberg all need contracts. Philip Gustafson is the big name, surprisingly, uh, needing a contract on the goaltending side of things. And then you go down into the Iowa side of things. No one really there on the forward position. You go down defensively, no one there. And then Zane McIntyre on the goaltending position, if you really want to bring him back. But your thoughts on Minnesota? Yeah, they're obviously in a tough situation because of the buyouts, you know, they're going to have a hard time um, not only re-signing people, but even signing any free agents in general. Um, Sam Steele had a really, really great season um, after struggling with the Ducks a little bit. So I think he's back. Um, Duhame and Shaw, uh, I'm assuming they'll come back on cheap deals. UFA side, the only guy I could see maybe coming back is is Nyquist because he was, he was really good there. And potentially Reeves. Reeves is interesting because, you know, uh, Minnesota is is a team that they have. I feel like they have a lot of grit and you know that toughness already. And um, you know Reeves is a you know is a great fighter, great physical player. But I, I don't know if Minnesota is going to be looking to to you know keep a lot of these fighting type guys like Reeves because you know you have fully you know you have Johansson, you have Hartman, um, all and Erickson. Like all these guys are big guys who can can fight and play tough. So if Reeves wants a decent multi-year contract, I don't think Minnesota gives it to him. And I think that uh, Sunquist moves on um, 
maybe he stays. But I, I think that Nyquist was really good there, and I think that they find a way to keep him. The defensive side, though, I don't think any of these guys are back. And that includes Kalen Addison, who's an RFA. I do think that they trade him. Um, That's not to say Kalen Addison's bad. I think that they want to make Brock favor an everyday player, which he is this, he has the skill to do. Um, And I think that Addison really fell off. I mean, he was their, you know, first unit power play quarterback at the beginning of the year. And then he fell into becoming a healthy scratch almost every game. So I think they look to move Addison because I think he has value. And I don't know if they're going to want to pay him what he's going to want. And I think it's time for Dumba to move on. Um, it's been reported for a long time that he's, I don't know, wanted out, but they've been looking to trade him. There's been all these rumors. So I think it's they finally part ways. And then Klingberg, who knows what happens with him. He lost his chance to, to capitalize on his big payday by messing it all up, signing a one-year deal with the Ducks. So... Um, I really, I don't think they bring back Klingberg. I don't know what he does, but I don't think he's back. And then Gustafson, I think he gets a long-term extension because I think they see him and Jesper Wallstad as their tandem of the future um, once Flurry has gone. Um, so I, I, that's, yeah. Yeah, I will start with uh, Philip Gustafson. I think he's going to take up the most amount of money here. I think they really want him back. He might be the one of the best goaltenders of the future in the whole league. He had an incredible last season uh, with Minnesota. Uh, and Flurry only has one more year on his contract. So that's going to clear up some cap space and get uh, Jasper Wallstead into the thick of things. Uh, let's go on defense. I think uh, Kalen Addison needs to resign. Uh, I think he gets a, one more chance and then most likely gets dealt sometime this upcoming season. I think Dumbo's done. I think that's that's been well addressed since the beginning of last season. Uh, I think Klingberg is done in Minnesota. He was not that great when he came over. Forward-wise, I think most of their RFAs come back. I think uh, uh, Dumaine, I think Shaw, Steele come back. I think all three of those guys played decently in Minnesota. And then you have your UFAs. I think they're going to try to bring back Nyquist. I thought he was really good. I really like Nyquist, uh, especially when he came to the Sharks. I always really followed his career when he went to the Jackets and then uh, went to the Wild this past season. I think they could re-sign Reeves if they really want to. But I think Reeves maybe tries to reunite with Vegas. He loved it there. He was very sad when he left. Wouldn't be surprised if they try to re-sign him. Uh, and Oscar Sundquist, I mean, he's kind of like a Reeves character. I would not be surprised if, uh, if he tries to come back. And it's interesting because I just thought of it. No one really talked about uh, Reeves and Sundquist being on the same team. Um, and that's a uh, – did, did they ever play together in St. Louis? Or was he in Vegas by the time Sundquist got there? I think he was in maybe. Vegas. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But – um. Again, the big thing here is that pre-saying suitor buyout cap penalty. You have two more years of the $15 million getting eaten up by the terrible uh, contracts of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, and then it goes down to just $1 million every year for the two of them. So you got two more years to suffer through the buyouts, and then you can really start icing a full-on competitive team. But until then – you're kind of hampered by everything and most likely that's going to cost you quite a bit of players here. Any other thoughts on the Minnesota wild and the hamster wheel of mediocrity? No, I mean, um, I think these next two years are, are important for making sure these prospects get properly developed um, because once that, uh, that 2020, uh, five twenty-six season hits. You know you're gonna want Kaprizov, um, Boldy, Favor, um, Ross, Marco Rossi, um, Jesper Ballstadt. You're gonna want all these guys to be, you know, entering in, in their primes for when you could really spend money and compete. We go on to a very interesting team, the Nashville Predators. They have 19 million, close to 20 if you round up, uh, in projected cap space. Their general manager right now is David Poyle, but when it hits July 1st, it'll be the Eggman Barry Schrotz. Um, and they're revamping their whole franchise as well. They got two first-round picks this year, and then uh, they have two second-round picks as well and three third-round picks, including the uh, Sharks in Tampa Bay Lightning 
picks and then you keep going down and they have multi picks in every round except six seven and that's it just ladder picks or ladder rounds you uh don't have multi picks but then you uh look at who they need to resign not a lot of players here you have rasmus asplin you have cody glass and you have zach sanford you scroll down defense wise alex carrier cal foot and jake livingstone uh, and we go on to Milwaukee, the AHL affiliate. Uh, John Leonard, you really care about John Leonard. Uh, Anthony Angelo, Alex Galchenyuk, the absolute legend. Unfortunately, announced most likely not going to come back. And that is pretty much it for Nashville. What do you think here, Tyler? Man, uh, I'm, a, I, I'm starting to really like uh, Nashville. I, I love what Trotsky is, is going to start to do there. Um, because they you know, I think they're entering a retool, but I think they're entering a retool in a way where they're going to be competitive next year, and they're just kind of like building. Yeah, they're just going to keep building off of that. Um, you look at the roster that that I have in front of me, and like you look at some of these guys, and like you know, this is not a great roster, but I just I think that all of these guys are just really good players, and I think the main thing is to just keep this core together. So I think. That Asplund, who was really solid when he came over, comes back. I think Cody Glass definitely comes back. He's really started to break out. Um, defensive side, I think Carrier and Foot are both back. I don't really know Jake Livingston. He probably comes back, though. Um, and then in the the Nashville, I mean, the NHL side of things, Milwaukee. Um, you, you say John Leonard, but he was he had some uh, some good good games when he got called up towards the end of last season. You know, he was, he was solid for them. So I, I think that... Um, this this season for Nashville, they're going to be competitive. I don't know if they make the playoffs, but I think they are competitive. But I think that they're, you know, they're just going to – they're mostly going to bring back everybody. The only person that I don't know if they're going to bring back is Zach Sanford, who is pretty much their only UFA. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, they bring back most of these guys as well. Um, Cody Glass obviously started playing really well when he was given the chance later into the season. And this team almost made the playoffs, by the way. Uh, just a reminder, they're going to have Andrew Brunette as their uh, new coach. And like you said, I really like Nashville. Like that old core of P.K. Subban, Ryan Johansson, and all of them, I did not like because they uh, usually went up against the Sharks. Uh so that was a bit annoying, but this new Nashville team, I really like it. I like Andrew Brunette as coach. I like uh, Barry Trotz as GM. And well, let's talk about Nashville itself for a second. I love the city of Nashville. It's so beautiful. I love going there. I want to go there again to see a Predators game because the whole Predators fan base sounds so fun. I would so – that's like one of the top teams I want to go see a game at is uh, Bridgestone Arena. But getting back on topic, I think they – there's no one here that – it's really big that needs to be resigned. I think Zach Sanford might be the only one out, but no one really cares about Zach Sanford resigning with the Nashville Predators. But beyond that, I think Nashville is going to ice pretty interesting team next season. Anything else for the Nashville Predators side of things? No, but uh, Trotz, is, Trotz is cooking. I don't know what he's doing, but he's got something big planned. Speaking of teams that are cooking, the St. Louis Blues, $7 million in cap space. If you round it up, it's eight. Uh, you look, and they have three first-round picks this year. Very impressive. One of those might be on the move, though. Uh, you look up and down the UFA, RFA list. Uh, you have Logan Brown, uh, Alex Torpenchko. Uh, you have Josh Levo, Tyler Pitlick. And you keep going down. Uh, Thomas Grice, if they choose to resign. <laughs> Excuse me. If they choose to resign him, uh, going into the Springfield roster, Matthew Highmore. Uh, beyond that, uh, Steven Santini? Question mark. That's pretty much it. No one really big here on the St. Louis roster. They need to resign. But your thoughts on St. Louis? Um, yeah, I think they get all the RFAs deal done with Brown and Torpchenko. Actually, I think late um josh levo and pit like maybe they come back maybe they don't both guys who are probably you know third fourth liners more fringe nhl players maybe they come back grice um is gone they're not bringing him back i think bennington and hofer start the season 
Um, if I think St. Louis will be actively shopping Bennington if they can find anybody who will take him at all. But to start the season, it'll be Bennington and Hofer. And uh, besides mm-hmm. that, um, you know, not a ton of big names, especially on the prospect side, not a ton of big names that uh, need contracts. So um, the RFAs will be back. UFAs, you know, 50-50 on that. On, and then I'm, I'm guaranteed there's no chance Thomas Grice is back. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Grice comes back. <laughs> I think it's obvious. I think they will try to move a couple of these guys, like Bington, I think they try to move. Um, and, I mean, they obviously tried to move Tory Krug, and we'll talk about that later on in a couple of minutes. I think they get most of these guys done, the guys that they want to, like the RFAs. I don't know if Levo comes back or Pitt. Like, I don't think they're massive casualties that they do leave. And other than that, not really any thoughts about St. Louis. Anything else about uh, St. Louis here? Yeah, I think they just need to do with the defense what they did with the forwards last year. Because, you know, last year they had a ton of older forwards with Tarasenko and O'Reilly. And, you know, they turned a lot of those guys into picks, younger players. Um, they got Kapanen and Verona. But you look at this defense, the youngest guy on this defense is their seventh defenseman in, in Cal Rosen, who's 29. Their top six right now is all over the age of 30. And the top four especially is signed long-term to some pretty bad deals. So it would be tough to get a lot of them out, but I think that they need to just do what they did with the, the forwards and, you know, trade a decent amount of, of the defense for whatever they can get and just, you know, get younger on defense however possible. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. We'll kind of talk about that in a second, but let's get on to our final team in the Central Division. Another very drama a lot of drama surrounding this team as well. Uh, $12 million in cap space, pretty much 13 for the Winnipeg Jets. Kevin Sheffield Dayov's team, you look, they have their first round pick this year, and you go down and you have quite a bit of RFAs and UFAs. Let's start. Morgan Barron, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kevin Stenlin, Sam Gagne, Carson Kuhlman, Laslav Nemestikov, Go down Logan Stanley, Dylan Sandberg, David Riddick. Man, you go into the Manitoba Moose roster. No one key there. Yeah, no one really worth mentioning in there. But a lot of drama surrounding Winnipeg and the UFAs coming up, like Blake Wheeler in another year. You also have players like Nino Niederreiter, uh, Hellebuck and also Mark Shifley all ending their contracts in a year, which is next season. Uh, your thoughts on the Jets and their eventual soon possible decline? Yeah, looking at all of their free agents, the only people that I could see being back are Barron and Stenland, who are two UFAs. Dubois confirmed to be gone. Um I really don't see Gagne or Nemestikov, both older guys, coming back to Winnipeg. He's probably not going to be um, a super competitive team. They Maybe they make the playoffs, but another first-round exit again. Um, when you look at Janssen, Fialbi, Kuhlman, and um, Minolani, two of those guys were waiver claims. So, you know, maybe they come back for cheap, but also they're pretty replaceable players. So if Winnipeg thinks they can replace them for better, then maybe they go for it. Defensive side, I do think Sandberg is back, but Logan Stanley is a super interesting name. You know, former um, first-round pick, a guy that's, you know, hasn't really had the greatest start to his career in Winnipeg. He's a big, big guy, and I think they expected a lot more out of him, and he really hasn't delivered. So I, I really think that Logan Stanley is a guy who could be on his way out of Winnipeg. Um, so I don't know. I think he gets a contract, but I don't know if that's with Winnipeg. Um, the goalie side, I, I think they bring back Rios. I think he was a serviceable backup to Hellebuck. And it's not like they have a ton of great goalies in the free agency or in their pipeline to replace him. So I think Reddish comes back. Yeah, um, Winnipeg is super interesting. I think Barron and uh, Stenlin both get contract extensions, but I think everyone else... Not really. I think everyone else is out the door, especially Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's the big one here. He's 
pretty much said since two years ago that he's going to end up somewhere else. Montreal and LA appear to be the big ones here. I think on defense, both Sandberg and Stanley both get extensions. I think Riddick is as good as gone. I think they look for another backup or starter maybe because obviously uh, Hellbuck might be gone soon. And we'll talk about that right now in a second. But before that, any other thoughts about the Jets? No, I think it's a pivotal pivotal offseason for them also because, you know, they're a team that's on on the fringe. And, you know, I I think they have some really solid prospects with, you know, Lambert, uh, Chaz Lucius, uh, Ville Heinola. You know, they have some solid prospects there. So I think that, um, you know, this is kind of the – the time to decide do you want do you think that this core is you know something you want to keep around for a long time or just tear it down and let these prospects cook see what you have with them so I think it's an important offseason I think we're going to see some big changes um but uh we'll talk about that a little bit later well actually right now uh yeah uh we're now going to go down the central division teams and kind of predict who they might bring in or what they kind of might do, a big thing they, they might do. Let's start with the Coyotes. What do you think is a big thing that they might do or a big player they might bring in? Yeah, I'm excited for this Coyotes offseason because um, I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of things that they did with Jersey, and that's bring in uh, a decent amount of guys who are, you know, um, guys teams might not want to pay long-term, but they're still solid players who have a super, super high ceiling. So I think we're going to see more trades like that where they don't have to give up a ton. But, you know, I think one name that really sticks out is Victor Olofsson. I really think that he's going to be a coyote to start the season. I think they're going to be able to get him from Buffalo for not a hefty price. And Olofsson's a guy who I guess think could score 30 to 35 goals. Um, I also, I really think that um, Bukestad is going to be back. I think he loves playing in Arizona. The team loved him. So I really think Bukestad comes back uh, to the Coyotes. That's a good one. I think Bugstad and, and uh, Shane Gossberg could be back. I think those two did like playing in uh, Coyote land. I agree. I think they're not going to take any more dirty contracts anymore. Uh, I think uh, now they're going to start making trades and signings like the uh, the Jersey trade. Someone that I could actually see them going after is Jonathan Druin, trying to revive his career, trying to revive careers, basically. Evan Rodriguez could be an interesting one that I could definitely see going to. Jonas Donskoy, um, if he recovers uh, fully from his concussions, I could see him going over there. Um, I could see the Coyotes maybe making a push for Alexi Lafreniere, trying to get him out of Rangers' grasp. Um, other than that, like, you know, these, these players, I could hundred percent see going to Arizona. I think they're going to try to get these, uh, kind of reclamation projects, but also exciting young players that might need a new change of scenery, uh, going to Carolina. I think, uh, middle, yeah. middle aged players could also go to Arizona. It's a nice place to live and, uh, yeah. No, it's going to be an exciting team soon. Never mind oh, the, the arena. What? Yeah, just one other guy that, that also came to the top of my head who is a UFA is Alex Kerfoot, who, you know, struggled in Toronto, but he has skill. And I think that um, if he wants a longer-term deal with money, I think the Coyotes will be willing to pay him. So I, I don't know if Kerfoot's going to want to go to Arizona, but he's just a guy that when we're talking about, you know, players who maybe that definitely need to change the scenery, guys with skill who are – who have a pretty high ceiling, I think Kerfoot kind of fits that. Yes, Sutter is another one I could see going over there. Yeah. Um, I could see him trying to get uh, maybe Jesse Pugliarvi on a league minimum contract, uh, seeing if he can work out and then flip him later. Um, I can actually see him taking on Kelly Yamamoto because I don't think he has an off contract, but they could try to revive his career as well. I can totally see that. Uh, Chicago, who do you think they kind of try to bring in? I think that Domi is going to be back in Chicago. I think he loves playing there. I think Chicago really liked him. And I think Chicago's main um, uh, decision, or I guess um, their 
their motive for this offseason will be putting NHL caliber players around Bedard because I think the worst thing for us development is to be playing on an NHL level team with guys who are not very skilled guys who are a lot slower than him. So they're going to look for guys who are fast, who can keep up with Bedard and our NHL caliber. I think Domi fits that super well, had a great season last year with him. Um, and, you know, maybe they look to the trade route to take on some not great contracts. But, you know, I think that they they pay some guys who, you know, aren't the greatest players, but they're NHL caliber, caliber players. Maybe a guy like Miles Wood, um, who's somewhat fast and uh, is an NHL caliber player who they could put there. Um, other guys, maybe Kasha tries to get back in if he could get through his, all of his concussion issues. Um, you know, just guys like that. Maybe a guy like Connor Sherry, um, people who are NHL level, level players but aren't going to be crazy expensive, and maybe they could trade them at the deadline. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing here is that they're going to chase after players on big term contracts that uh, player that teams want off their team. I think they are the ideal landing spot for Robin Leonard. He did enjoy playing there when he did play for half the year that one season before he went to Vegas. I think that could be somewhere he could go. Um, but I also do think they try to do the Arizona method where they try to get these guys that most likely are not going to be on other players or other teams watch list and then try to build them up and trade them uh, during trade deadline. I could see a guy like Andreas Janssen going there. I can see a guy like, uh, where was he? Um, see a guy like Eric Johnson perhaps going there on some sort of contract. The main one I see, Patrick Nemeth. I could see him going there, trying to resume his NHL career. John Klingberg maybe trying to get something going, but I think he – I think uh, I don't know what Klingberg does, honestly. Um, you know, guys that have had injury issues and need a fresh start in the NHL, this is the place that most of them are going to go. Yeah, I, I totally forgot to mention this guy, but Chicago is my number one landing spot for Michael Bunting. Um, I think that uh, Chicago can pay him. I think that they want a guy to play with Bedard who could put the puck in the net, and I think that I know Bunting is going to be looking for a, a, a big role, and I think Chicago is going to be the team willing to give him a, a really big role. So I, I do have Chicago as my number one spot for Michael Bunting. I could also see someone like Mackenzie Blackwood going over there, uh, trying yeah. to revive his NHL career. Uh, moving on, the Colorado Avalanche, what do you think they do? Yeah, I think that the Black, um, the Avalanche, I think they have their – their holes and I think that they're going to look more towards trades to fill a lot of them and I think a lot of those holes come with depth a lot of their depth this past season was super old with Cogliano, Eller, Helm, Nieto and I think they're going to try and um, you know fill out that that third and fourth line with guys I think I think they go more towards the trade route because looking at the pending UFAs there's not a ton of guys who I'm looking at this and I'm like you know this they've fit um the avalanche kind of style. So I think that they look to fill out their depth with more younger guys. Um, maybe similar to do with Rodriguez because Rodriguez didn't really get a contract till late, had a pretty good year, was really solid for them. But I think they go more the trade route because they have the cap space to do it. They have the cap space to land some guys who, you know, have the higher cap it with Landis Cog on the long-term IR. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and come up with some names um, from the, the free agent route. You know, maybe they go for a guy like um, Tatar if they could get him for cheap. Um, I do think they go after Bertuzzi. I don't know if they get him, but I think they go after Bertuzzi. Um, and depth-wise, uh, I think that they go after um, <laughs> some younger guys who aren't um, going to cost them a ton like a Kerfoot or um, maybe a guy like Miles Wood. But uh, besides that, I, I think they look more towards the trade route because I feel like we've seen them go trade route for uh, a lot of their their uh, acquisitions recently. Yeah, I think they go more trade route as well. 
but I would not be surprised if they go after Tyler Bertuzzi. It's one of my top destination spots for him. I wouldn't be surprised if they go after Orlov as well, try to bolster up that top four even more. Jason Zucker is someone that I can imagine going there on a cheap contract that they can try to get him. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to chase after Debrinket even. Uh, I don't know if they have the assets to go get him, but he is a top-scoring winger and uh, someone I could for sure see him. Max Pacioretty is another one I could for sure see going over there on a league minimum deal. Or Ryan O'Reilly. If they lose uh, JT Comfort, you know, try to replace him as the third-line center with O'Reilly. I think uh, O'Reilly would mind a... A uh, did, no, he didn't play. He didn't play with Colorado. I'm thinking of their player, but I don't think he would uh, mind going to Avalanche uh, country. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on to Dallas, what do you see Dallas doing? I, I think Dallas is going to have a, a tough time trying to fill their holes because they only have about seven million in cap space, and I think they're going to go the route of trying to fill a lot of their depth with, you know, really cheap and fringe NHL level guys. Um, because I don't think that Dallas is going to be a team that's going to want to spend huge, huge money this offseason because they're going to get um, Jamie Benn off the books in a few years. They're going to eventually have to pay Robertson if he, um, because he only signed a bridge deal. Um, and they're also going to have to pay Ottinger because he only signed a bridge deal. So I think that Dallas keeps it really quiet this offseason and goes um, in big time within the next few years when they start getting these big contracts off the book. Um, so that's why I think I think Dallas goes more the, the quiet route. I think um, they, they sign their depth guys that they need to sign. Um, maybe, uh, you know, we said I think Glenn Denning could come back. I know we talked about that earlier. I think their defense is fine. I don't think they make any moves there besides depth. You know, maybe guys like um, Nola Chari to kind of fill out that the end of the the uh, the center depth there. Um, just guys like that. When I look at Dallas, I I don't think it's going to be a big big spending offseason for them. Yeah, I don't see a uh, a big offseason for Dallas. I do think they test the waters for Sagan and Ben and see if there's any interest out there. But beyond that, and that being kind of quiet, I just cannot see them do anything massive. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, what do you see them doing, if anything huge in the offseason? Again, another quiet. I think they because they're. I think they keep quiet the next two offseasons and go in big, big once the buyouts are off the book. So that's why for them, another quiet offseason. I definitely think they go for um, – I think they go for guys who kind of fit their team. And this is one of my big, big landing spots for Miles Wood because if the Devils don't bring him back, he just feels like a, a wild-type player, you know, a guy with a grid, a physical guy, but also a guy who could put in the puck in the net a decent amount of times. So I think him, and I also think Nick Foligno, um, if he wants to, you know, play with his brother, I think Foligno is a guy who really fits the wild. So to me, those two guys are guys who I think they can get for a reasonable price and fit the wild really well. Uh, this is another spot I can see Max Pacioretty uh, landing because – He's most likely going to get close to a league minimum deal. Um, and they need scoring. And they're not going to get that for cheap, except for a player coming off a injury-plagued season. I think Pacioretty could end up there. Other than that, I just can't see them making any massive moves, making any massive trades, just getting minor players here and there. I just don't see anything big happening with this team, really. Um the Nashville Predators, they have a, maybe a big offseason coming up. What do you think uh, new GM Barry Trotz does with his team? This is the one team that I, I cannot predict, but I, I can't tell you what they're going to do because I think Trotz is going to make a big move. I really don't know who that's going to be. One thing I do think, I, I think Josh Bailey is going to end up being a Predator. I mean, I, I think I'll talk more about this um, when we talk about the Islanders. But um, him and Trotz are close. He's a Trotz type player. Only has one year, one year left on his deal after this. Predators have the cap space to to take him. Um, we've seen them the them be willing to take on bad contracts with assets. 
I think the Islanders throw on a third or fourth round pick, retain some salary. Um, Nashville and Trotz are super happy to take Bailey. So I mean, that's one trade. But I think they go big. I think that that they're going to be really, really in on Debrinket. Um, I I think that they have the assets to get it done. I think that um, he fits the Predators pretty well, and I think that's a move that Trotz would be willing to make. But I think they, when I say they make a big move, I, I think it's for guys, young guys with term left. Um, Debrinket, maybe he doesn't have term, but he's an RFA, so you have the ability to give him term. I don't think they go big fish hunting in free agency, but I, I really think Trotz makes a big move um, this offseason for a, a big-name guy. And Debrinket's one of the names there. Um, I could definitely see him going after Elise Pedersen, depending on how things go in Vancouver, because he's an RFA next year. And if Pedersen's not super willing to be um, a long-term extension, I think Trotz is going to be all over that. But, but I think we'll, he mentioned we'll it. see how the okay. extensions get. Well, I would say we'll see how um, extension talks go because he'll be eligible on July 1st for an extension. There's a lot of things that I think they could do. I agree with you. I can't really foresee what Trotz could do, especially because he's not technically in the front office yet. Um, I think he's got something planned, and I could see Debrinket going there. I can see them trying to. Uh, get something going maybe out of uh i don't know out of someone there's just a lot of things they could do they have the cap space they have the roster space there's a lot they could do here there's a i could even see vladimir tarasenko going here it could be an option um i don't think it'll cost as much as everyone thinks he will either it's gonna be interesting they have the goaltender they have the franchise goaltender. They have a solid defense. They kind of just need to reconstruct their forward positions on the fly. I mean, they have a good forward group, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the Blues, what do you think the Blues do this offseason? What, what I think the, the Blues should do is they should try and trade everybody that they can, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think Kevin Hayes will be a Blue. I don't know. How, when or how it happens um, with the whole crew situation, but I think uh, Kevin Hayes ends up a blue. Um, I actually think they go spend money this offseason. I think that I think they're going to rush the retool a little bit, which is the wrong thing. I think they go after um, somebody. I definitely think that um, <laughs> they're one of the landing spots for me for JVR, which is you know something Blues fans might not want to hear me say. I, I think that they go after him, which is um I don't know if it's the right thing, but I think it's something they do. Not not for expensive, for cheap. Um but I, I think they, they get Hayes, they maybe get Sandheim, and I, I think that they, they try and go in again next year to uh to compete for a playoff spot. What I agree with you. I think what they should do is totally reconstruct that blue line, especially it's a bunch of 30-year-olds. What they're going to do is trade for Kevin Hayes, which makes zero sense, but hey, man, <laughs> sometimes uh, they make no sense. Um, so I could see them trading for Kevin Hayes. I could see them getting one of the older uh, players on the market. Um, someone like maybe Eric Johnson. I could see it's, uh, they need a new backup goaltender. Who that becomes, I don't know. Uh, uh, they're they're going to just go with Joel Hofer, who was really good could. last year for them. They could. They very well could. Um, yeah. If they, if they want to get 30-year-olds, they have Anton Hudobin available. Um, but, yeah, I could maybe see Max Doney end up here is a potential possibility. They do need some physicality. I think they know that. Um, yeah, not a lot here i could just see those players coming here i don't know st louis is super confusing i do think they trade with kevin hayes i think they make that awful trade uh happen i don't know why they would want to do that but they are apparently obsessed with kevin hayes uh moving on the jets what do you think the winnipeg jets do this offseason 
they're gonna they're gonna pick up whatever scraps they can, whoever they could get to come play in Winnipeg, they'll they'll pick up. Um, that'll be guys who are looking for NHL contracts. I think um, you know they're another team that's. I think they're gonna struggle to sign free agents. We saw that last off season. We've seen a ton of off seasons recently. Um, they've just been really really hard for them to to pick up guys. So. Um, there's there's a few names that uh, that come to mind. Uh, for some reason, um, for some reason, Jesper Fast, I feel like, is a name that could could end up in Winnipeg. Um, you know, maybe a guy like uh, Derek Grant. Um, maybe if Garnet Hathaway leaves Boston, it's just you know, it's just guys who um, you know they're not terrible players, but. They're guys who maybe Winnipeg will pay a little bit more for to get them to come play for them. Um, that's that's really all I could think of with them because I I think that they, you know, this is the season that they they finally decide you know it's time for us to to enter that rebuild. I think Dubois is one hundred percent gone. Um, I don't think Blake Wheeler is a Jet by the time the season starts. Whether that be trade or a buyout, I think he's gone. The only two players that I, I think that I really that I strongly believe will be Jets by the time the season starts is Shifley and Kyle Connor, because I think that if those trades happen, those are more of either deadline or next offseason moves. But I I think Hellebuck is traded sometime. I think Wheeler is off the team by the time it starts, and Dubois is one hundred percent gone by the time the season starts. I I don't see a lot of players, you know, signing with Winnipeg. Uh, someone I could see signing with Winnipeg. Um, uh, there's not a lot because Winnipeg is a, a very popular market, and I feel bad saying that for Winnipeg fans, but it's it's true. There's not a lot there. Um, I could see someone like Nolan Patrick try to revive his NHL career if he's eligible to play. Uh, Matias Yanmark, I could see going there, you know, again, providing some depth or something to excite Winnipeg fans. And beyond that, I think most of the stuff happens via trade. I think Yanis Harkins is gone. I think Connor Hellebuck and Pierre-Luc Dubois are gone this offseason. I think I really genuinely believe that they go to L.A. I think Shifley and Wheeler are gone by the time the season ends. So there's going to probably be a lot of trades coming up for Winnipeg, if I were to guess, but not a lot of, like, you know, exciting moves that will make Jets fans go out into the street and do a whiteout. I think it's more of sad times coming to Winnipeg, and it's very unfortunate because Winnipeg's window looked super open when in 2019 when they had all these players, and then it's kind of been deconstructed and, like, mellowed out. Besides that Western Conference run, like they haven't really done anything besides sweeping the Oilers. You want to call that achievement? Um, yeah, it's not been an exciting time in Winnipeg. Uh, they've only won a total of, I believe, three playoff series with this court. Did they win the 2020 playing round? Forgot who they yeah. played. They did? So. Who did they play? Maybe well, I don't remember. So they've won their round. Yeah, them. they they did because they got swept by Montreal in the second round that year. I think. But that no, no, no that was uh, the 2021 playoffs. I'm talking about the bubble. Oh, the bubble. Yeah, oh, 2020. Yeah. I I don't remember if they won that or not. I forgot if they even who they even played. Uh. Cause they, did they play St. Louis? No, nah, they didn't. They didn't make it. They lost in the play-in. What did they lose against again? Uh, Who did they lose against? They, they yeah. lost to Calgary. Oh yeah, that's right. I completely forgot about that. So that was I, the um the Dylan Dubé series. No, uh, yeah. Uh, again with this core they've only won three playoff rounds it's time it's time to rebuild it's it's time
Uh, but that's pretty much going to do it for our central division offseason predictions. Make this kind of fast because we're going to record two more episodes after this for the Eastern Conference teams. Tyler Cast underscore. That's his uh, Twitter account. Meanwhile, go follow me, Chase Beersley underscore. And make sure to tune in for our next episode where we will be talking about the Metro division predictions and we'll be going through all those teams. So make sure to look out for that. And Tyler Cass's New York Islanders will be in that. So get ready for that. In any case, Thank you for watching, and we will see you. Get rid of my family.